0: Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Linnert. You're listening to Incredible Life Creator Podcast. My guest today is Piper Harris. Piper is the founder and CEO of Sneakered Life Coaching as a leadership success coach. Piper works with women and organizations looking to succeed in personal and professional goals, as well as with organizations looking to create authentic corporate culture while maximizing profitability and increasing employees' engagement. Piper is a proud member of the Global and Georgia Chapter of the International Coaching Federation and will be completing her credentialing in January of 2020 as a certified leadership coach and organizational development coach. So thank you so much for being here, Piper. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be on today. Yes. So um, why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about you and like where you grew up, how you got started, and I know you've had quite a journey going into many different professions. So why don't you tell us a little bit about you?
1: Sure, sure. Um, I'm a Pacific Northwest girl, grew up in Washington State. Um, and so I, I started my journey in Washington and I actually went to school to be a psychologist. And I um, focused on child and adolescent development. Uh, so I worked in a lot of group homes, um, you know, psychiatric units, and it's very difficult Profession. Um, I was a bachelor's level. Um, I loved it, but it was painful. It was a very painful experience. Um, I wasn't quite ready at the ripe old age of 21 years old <laughs> to be dealing with all the pain that comes with uh, those kind of facilities. So I segued into my um my nonprofit management, excuse me. So I I did all kinds of different nonprofits. After that, I met my amazing husband, and he moved me all over the United States, and we had babies along the way. Um, but what I noticed through that time is I love having the babies, I love being mom, but I missed something, and it really went back to having my hands in people, helping people, develop people. So when we eventually landed here in Atlanta, Georgia the boys were still young. They were a year and a half and three, they're 19 months apart. So I didn't have a ton of time and I thought, what can I do at home, still be mom, but still like get in there. And, um, how I met you, I started actually chefing for different, um, workout facilities because I'm just, I love to cook. I myself cooked myself healthy. Like I tell people, um, so my love of cooking really fed into my love of, how does this nutrition affect my body? How can I change my body through nutrition and how can I help other individuals with their nutrition? So that fell into me becoming a certified nutritionist. And um, then I started working as a private chef kind of crazy. It just kind of all came together. Um, and I loved the private chefing because what that allowed me to do was to work with families that are dealing with, you know, metabolic disease, or even I worked with a family long-term that had um, a child with autism. So I specifically worked on nutrition to feed his needs. It was fabulous. And I had a lot of fun along the way. I published some books along the way, was this close to being on Master Chef? They kept me at the very end, um, but it was just a lot of fun. So from there, I just loved working with the people. Um, people came to me for nutrition coaching. Uh, and then I just thought, gosh, what else can I do? You know, I, I just, I I don't let grass grow between my toes. (laughs) It's just not who I am. So we moved to our new home and I just kept thinking, okay, what can I do now? The boys are older. What should I do? And I have my own gym downstairs. I have a ton of equipment. I thought, I'm just going to open it up. It's an unfinished basement. Maybe some ladies would want to come work out and I'm going to train them. So I went and got my certification in personal training. And so unbeknownst to me, it blew up and I saw about 50 to 60 women a day. I was exhausted. I thought, oh my gosh, why do they want to do this? But it was fun. And again, I had hands on you know, feeding into these women's lives. And what I started noticing, the common theme was I'm not just telling people how to eat. I'm not just telling people how to move their muscles. I'm asking them, what's at your heart? What's, what's your challenge? What's your obstacle? How can I help you get past that? So I was bringing that whole, you know, background of counseling into the gym and into my nutritional coaching. So ultimately I was exhausted (laughs) with my uh, women's only studio and I ended up closing business. And really what happened at that point was how, Am I still doing what I've always wanted to do, what I felt like I was called to do? And um, I just thought, what? how can I bring this all together? And that's when I went into online coaching. And so I've been doing online coaching now, oh gosh, for f- three or four years. <laughs> um, and it really is not just, it's not really nutrition and fitness anymore. Um, I'm really going back to my roots of working with people with behavioral change How can I help you reach those goals that maybe you're not hitting? And what I've recognized over the years is that even though I have a background and I was a a certified mental health counselor, even though I've done all these years of hands-on coaching experience, I found that individuals and organizations were saying to me, but Piper, are you certified or are you credentialed? And I thought, well, I have over 20 years of experience. Is that not enough? (laughs) But I heard it enough. You know, I heard it enough that I thought, okay, They are asking for this for another level of professionalism. So I'm finishing up my certification um, through a school and I'll be a certified leadership success coach as well as certified in organizational development. And I took it another step further and I said, okay, they want professional. I'm getting my credentialing. So I'm going to have my first level of credentialing with the International Coaching Federation. I'm an ACC and hopefully I'll have my PCC here in the next Few months. So that's the big roundabout how I got where I am today. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for yeah. that. And um
0: I was just wondering as you're coaching people with all the experience that you have and as you were working with the women in your basement. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. I know it's crazy. It's, what is what are the main themes you see going through, for example, for women, what is the main one, two, three things that Almost everyone deals with as far as keeping them from getting their goals.
1: Yeah. You know, when I have women come to me, they always come with this reason. This is, this is my obstacle. It's right here. And we eventually get down here. And I would say the top three deep down reasons is I don't believe in myself. The past determines what I can do in the future. So I'm a failure. I'll never get there. And it's just this deep um, feeling of I'm not enough and so we really explore those things because that's at the heart and once you you uh, establish i am enough i can be courageous i can lean into my fear that's when you start really seeing them overcome the obstacle of weight loss overcome you know snacking all night long overcome i'm going to get a new career I, i'm going to step out on that stage whatever it may be but you have to start at that root problem um, and that's i would say 99.9 percent of all of us, all of us struggle with those thoughts. Am I enough? Mm-hmm. You know, am I ever going to be there? And my past is determined my future. I'll never, you know, I'm a failure. I think all of us have those, those thoughts running through our head.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. And then um, you're also working with women at a higher level where they're going into leadership positions mm-hmm. and what kind of people come to see you
1: for that? And what journey do you take them on? Sure. And I think that's it's kind of confusing for people when they say, what's a leadership success coach? And what I always say is you, woman, are a leader, whether you're the leader of your home with your brand new babies, or you're a CEO walking into a, a boardroom, or you're a new empty nester. We are leading lives. And regardless of what you think, people are watching you. So we need to become those leaders that others want to follow. So the women that come to me, it really depends on what stage they're in. Um, And so I've got women that are looking to change uh, into new careers. I just had a client. It was really exciting. We worked with each other for about a year and a half and she was miserable. She hated her career and she just, her heart was just pounding to become a teacher. But she's like, how, how am I going to do this? And she said, forget it. I'm going to do this. And she quit her job. So she could go into schooling and while we worked together, we worked on, okay, how do we, you know, create a presence to get you noticed, you know, in this teaching community. And it was really exciting. Um, when we really dug in deep, it took us about six weeks and she got a full-time teaching position. Mm -hmm. Um, it was just so exciting to see. Um, I also have another client who is the CEO of a general contracting business. And so she's navigating a business that's male led. And, and so she's kind of an outlier. So how do we deal with that? How do we deal with uh, misconceptions you know, of being a female in this industry or how do I present myself? So every, it's, everybody's just a little bit different. Everybody's just a little bit different.
0: And I know there's some kind of different unique things about you. Tell me about the red sneakers.
1: Yeah. The red sneakers, they're everywhere. It's on my business card. It's my calling. Um, So the reason why my company is called Sneaker Life is there's a couple different things. One, I live in my sneakers. I recognized a long time ago, I am not the girl that puts those gorgeous high heels on. I look like a baby giraffe. I can't do it. And I just kept trying to mold myself into what somebody should look like in my profession or as a professional. And I realized at some point that. You know what? I'm me. I'm going to walk in my confidence in who I am. And it's truly my sneakers. So the red sneakers really signify um, who I am and the confidence that I've attained. And I'm still growing to this day. And it also is this big, bright tennis shoe that when people say, What is that about? I'm like, You can have these too. Let's talk about you walking in your confidence. Mm-hmm. I, I've heard you
0: always want to do something big in red shoes.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> and I have
0: like three pair of them. <laughs> So, um, so to do that, you have to actually be very courageous and have confidence in yourself to grow and say, Hey, this is who I am. So tell me more about, um,
1: courageousness and entrepreneurship. Oh, entrepreneurship. I'll start there. Holy cow. I mean, talk about somewhere you have to be courageous. Um, the thing that I've discovered over the years of being in business is that I failed. a lot and I have gotten a lot of mud on my face and it, it's hard it's really hard to take those beatings and continue through and I think when people say well how do you keep going how do you keep doing that and I just I guess the easiest way the most simplistic way I can say is like my mom said dust yourself off and keep moving forward I really believe that action begets action And so if we just sit and and we're hurt and we're in pain, nothing's going to change. Um, And so having the courage just to say, okay, just a little bit forward is still forward. Um, And that's what I'm always telling people. I mean, I've had thousands and thousands of dollars of debt because I thought a business was going to go and I had to close it. And I had to ask, you know, send people's money back and I don't have the money and I have to go to the bank. I mean, it was just humiliating. Um, Even down to master chef telling me you're boring. You don't fit what we just, you know, they had told me, yeah, we're going to take you. And then they said, no, you're too boring. We don't want you. It was heartbreaking and it could (laughs) have. Ended everything. And it did for a little bit. I mean, I had to lick my wounds for a little bit. Um, but it was just, I, I just told myself every morning, just get up, Piper. One step in front of the other. Something's going to happen. And you just have to believe it. That's the courageousness, I think, is the belief of it's going to happen. I don't know when, I don't know how, but it's going to happen.
0: Uh, yeah, I love that because you just don't give up. And just and sometimes can't one step is just getting up in the morning.
1: I mean, there were days, right. There are days where I'm like, okay, I brushed my teeth. That's all I have going for me today, (laughs) you know, and that's okay. That's still a win. (laughs) So how do you pivot when you have those
0: difficulties? How do you Mm -hmm. change direction? Cause you know, at that point, did you actually, is that when you actually did your pivot from that to something else?
1: Uh, yeah. And it took some time. I mean, it took, uh, A lot of self reflection. What did I learn? Don't get stuck in ruminating about the worst things. And then I think the biggest thing that I learned along the way was who can I ask? Instead of doing it all on my own, I think women think that a lot, especially. We think, no, I have to do it all on my own. Nobody needs to see that I don't know what I'm doing. They can't see that I'm fearful. They can't see that I'm exhausted. And what I learned along the way is you have got to ask for help. You've got to go to someone that has more wisdom, that has the life experience can say no you're totally off base or yes Piper keep going and so I think when I pivoted it was at one step in front of the other but then I eventually along the lines of it thought I've got to learn from someone I can't I, I can't do this alone and so that was the big pivoting is ask for help
0: mm-hmm. yeah it is hard to ask for help so it is yeah yep so um well With all this pivoting and changing and asking for help, how do we find balance with everything? You said you had children and you were running a business. I can't imagine having all those women in your
1: home. (laughs) It was crazy. (laughs) And then having your children there. So how how do you keep that balance? You know, it's funny because I fell completely out of balance. And that's how I learned balance. You know, it's even with my weight loss journey, I was obese. And I went super skinny and it wasn't either both of those extremes were not healthy. And it was the same thing with my time. Um, I, I completely lost focus. I completely lost balance. It was work, work, work. Oh, these people are feeding me and I've got these little people. Upstairs, you know, going, (laughs) what's mom doing? And so I think it was when I got to that snapping point. In fact, I was talking about that time under tension, you know, going back to kind of the working out analogy. Mm -hmm. We can work out time under tension. We have this lightweight and we think, oh, I can do this forever, Mm -hmm. you know, but holding that tension wears those muscles. And it was that same thing. I was under such tension and I didn't recognize the tension building that I snapped. Mm -hmm. My family snapped. And so now that I've recognized, you know, where that tension is, I kind of live life on this scale almost. Okay. So it's, you know, red, yellow, green. And Mm -hmm. I know over here, this is the, this is family time. I'm not feeling discomfort right in the middle. is my sweet spot where I'm feeling that tension of work or whatever I'm pursuing, Mm -hmm. but I have that balance with family. And so it really was a matter of, I have to feel what out of balance is. I have to feel what balance is. And I want to get smack dab in the middle at the sweet spot. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And it really is a journey. I know in my own life, there's been times when I do that workaholic thing, you know, seven days a week. And and then there's times when I'm working two and a half days a week. And it's like, okay, where's the balance? Mm -hmm. And sometimes
1: it has to do with where you're at in your life too. Exactly. And and what I was going to say is that what you said, you know, we get in that workaholic mode and all the women I work with are the same way. And why is that? Well, deep down it's because I'm not enough. If I just do a little bit better, just a little bit better, maybe I'll feel a little bit better, you know, and, and, and that's what happened. And then we get burned out. Right. And then we go back to, okay, I'm going to work two hours a week or whatever it is. It's, it's recognizing those feelings and those thoughts at the heart of why am I pushing so hard? Why am I doing this?
0: hmm yeah, and that's that's true, and um, you know, just like you said, people don't want to, especially women. We don't want to always ask for help. We don't always want people to know that we don't have it all together. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Want to look like we have it all together when even when we don't, mm-hmm.
1: and it, it's not really helpful. No, not at all. Not at all. And that's so, isn't that so huge right now? We see so many posts and articles on being vulnerable and being authentic. And we think we, we know how to get there, but then when we're asked to step into that, Oh, it's scary and it's uncomfortable. And I don't really want to stay this. I, I do a lot better letting people think I've got it all together. (laughs) You know, it's a hard place to step into and authentically live your life that way.
0: Yes. Yes, it really is. And you know, it's like in so many, you know, places you might belong to, like your church or, you know, women's group, you'll look at someone and go, oh, they look so happily married and they look, it looks like everything's ha- happening great on the outside. And then you find out two months later, oh, these people are getting a divorce and they're right. falling apart. And no one had an idea because everyone puts on that, you know, that face.
1: Mm -hmm. it it, that's exactly it and I think looking back at my experiences especially as an entrepreneur there was so much more pain when I hit it because I I was constantly fighting to keep that mask on and what I've learned over the years and having to pivot in business having to pivot in my personal life in my health life all of those things if I allowed myself that vulnerability it, it still hurt but it wasn't the same kind of hurt. I don't even know how to explain it. It just was, okay, I'm kind of ashamed of this. I'm, I'm really hurt by this, but the outpouring of support that you receive when you're vulnerable and even having people, I've had women go, really Piper? I thought X, Y and Z. I'm like, no, I'm a mess, <laughs> you yeah. know. But it brings you together too, and then you start building this this community. And we all go, we're all in this together. We all go through this, you know. And it's and that's what the fabulous thing that comes out of being vulnerable.
0: Yes, yes. And I found that when I share things that I don't want to share, like I think this is really embarrassing, that when I do, there's all of a sudden there's relief there's relief because there's not that I hope no one finds out about this feeling. It's just gone and you just feel stronger and you feel closer to the
1: people that you actually shared with. Mm -hmm. And don't you think in those situations too, it's almost like you've you've brought it into the light and it doesn't have that control over you anymore. Isn't that weird how that happened? But it's, it really is the moment we speak it and recognize it. It's like, Oh, okay. I I guess it doesn't have as much power. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, I found that to be so true. So, mm-hmm. true. so um,
0: throughout your life, what has been maybe one of the biggest aha moments you've ever had?
1: You know, I have to say it's probably been um, in the last five months. Um, I went through a lot of pain um, in probably the last five months. Um, I was released from a company that I, oh man, I was like, in it. You know, I could see that thread of being called to help and develop people. And I felt called in grade school. Mm -hmm. Um, and I finally saw the thread coalesce when I went with this company and then I was released. And, um, it was so painful and so painful because the people that were within the company or my old clients, I had a hundred clients, they're all reaching out to me. And, and so it's just the pain. And then also feeling like I lost, um, my identity because I I thought it was wrapped up in the company. Um, it was very painful. And then during that time I had a breast cancer scare. (laughs) And then I, I mean, I just, it was just like, one thing after another um but really i think in the last five months walking through that pain the aha has really come maybe in the last month of wait a second i had to i had to to truly see the identity is not a company the identity is what was given to me in grade school Mm -hmm. i'm still developing people and it actually kind of expanded my thought process and why I've decided to go into organizational coaching um, to create those authentic, thriving, you know, wonderful cultures and, and mm-hmm. to to rid the toxicity. And so the aha has really been in in the last month, the last five months of pain to this last month and going, ah, this is it. I had, to, oh, you know, and so it's been just, it's been really wonderful to be able to finally embrace okay. I wasn't in that valley for no reason. I see, I see why I was in it.
0: Yes. There's a reason for everything that happens or you go through and yeah. So Mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about um, your vision for um, creating those cultures and organizations. Mm
1: -hmm. You know, I think that we learn from individuals, right? They're either an example or they're a cautionary tale. (laughs) And I think that I, I pull from a lot of my different experiences. What did the leadership do well? What did they really fail on? And the biggest thing that I see in organizations is it's always top down, always top down. And we're so focused on a task rather than the person doing the task. And so I always approach my organizations from a strengths perspective. Um, I use different change management models, but I love using strengths because it allows everyone within the team, the stakeholders and whoever's really involved in this, this change for the organization, to recognize those strengths. How do they work together? How do your strengths sometimes turn into a weakness? And just by opening up management's eyes, CEO's eyes, the, the team that I'm working with, opening their eyes to that really helps them, okay, we, we have a major trust issue here. We've got to build on that. Now that I know your strengths and your weaknesses, let's talk about this. Let's have candid conversations. Be willing to have those uncomfortable arguments if we need them in order to be thriving as a team. Um, you know, And so it really is about Discarding the the task only oriented, you know, we have to hit this 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 number, um, and think who is the invi- individual, what do they bring to the table, how can I feed into those strengths, um, and so that's what I, I I really clue in on. You know, obviously there's feedback, there's 360s, there's all of that, um, but the real nitty gritty work comes at the base of okay, we've got to establish trust, and by establishing trust, we got to get to know each other. Mm-hmm. wow
0: wow so um and tell me um in, in your perspective what gives you the most happiness and fulfillment in your life at this point
1: i have to tell you i love this age with my kids <laughs> <laughs> i had such a hard time at the baby toddler stage i just did like we tease that my husband was a baby whisperer <laughs> but this stage in my life I am having so much fun. They're 10 and 12. Mm -hmm. And so I get to have these little kind of little big boy conversations. And I'm the mom. So like they just still hug and kiss me. And so I just derive so much joy at this period right now in my boys' lives. And and my husband and I are starting to have like more date nights and it's just, you know, it's all kind of opened up. We have the stressors of regular old life and running a business and him having his career and the boys and all their activities. But in the midst of it, it's just, it it just feels so good, you know? So I relish every moment. I relish every moment. Awesome. So, um, if
0: people wanted to work with you, what's the, what, tell me a little bit about what you're offering right now, what you have available and how they would get a hold of you. Sure.
1: Well, anybody can find information on my website at piperharris.net made it super easy. (laughs) Um, and so there's a couple different opportunities to work with me. So we've got individual coaching. And like I talked before, I work with women, um, to build a, a leadership and a successful thought life or actual professional life. It doesn't really matter. It's not just careers. And so they can reach out to me. I do have a couple assessments to determine if you're ready to be coached, if you're at that that point in your life. Um, I do have three different levels of coaching that they can discuss with me that are all budget friendly. So we can work on that um, dependent on how much accountability they want with me. And what's great with individual coaching is that we talk weekly weekly. We are on video conference, just like this. We're determining focus action items. I'm not telling you what to do. And I think that's why coaching works, you know, consider uh, starting a diet and you get your plan. You know, they tell you to eat chicken and broccoli seven days a week and go work out, you know, two hours Mm -hmm. a day. You have all the information. Somebody's told you exactly what to do, but what happens? You don't see it through because somebody just told you to do it. So the coaching the coaching dialogue, it's innovative, it's creative, and I'm asking questions to help you draw out the answer. I'm not telling you. Um, and so it's just, I love one-on-one coaching because it just allows that intimacy um, to build and that rapport, and I just see my clients do amazing things. They're, they're, they step into that courage and that confidence. And that's the best thing to see. Um, I also do the organizational development. So organizations just can shoot me an email. We can discuss what your needs, your goals are, what your vision is, um, and we can determine how we proceed. What's really exciting is that I am opening up group coaching. Um, And so this is an opportunity for ladies that might not be able to afford one-on-one coaching, or they can't you know, put that much time into it. And so the group coaching isn't going to allow a group of 10 women to come on, um, on Wednesday evenings and discuss different topics that we're all faced with, whether it's maintaining motivation, um, dealing with stress, um, being active listeners, whatever it is, we're going to have topics. Um, and so I'll be opening that soon in a couple of weeks.
0: Hey, well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today sharing your life and your work and thank you
1: for, you know, all that you're contributing to the world. Thank you. It's been wonderful. And I'm so excited to see what comes out with the podcast. You're doing amazing things. I love listening. All right. Well, thanks. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you.